stupid spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler app number 28. This is exciting. And this is one of the ones that uh, you guys requested, Predestination. This is a total fan-funded episode from front to back in the sense that... you, um, it was our, our, one of our fans down under, mm-hmm. uh, who recommended this movie. Yep. Got and, let us know about it. And then several of you said, let's do a spoiler app. So mm-hmm. guess what bitches here it is. Yes. Predestination spoiler app. So for anybody who's new to these, we're going to be going into all of the details of this movie predestination and the ending and everything. So if you don't want to hear the ending and things, ruined, and it's such a mind bendy twisty movie, we may not be right about everything either. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, <laughs> we might, maybe that was the ending. Maybe it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Okay, so let's, first of all, um, this movie, Predestination, uh, was directed by Michael uh, Spierig and Peter Spierig. They're also just known as the Spierig Brothers. Uh, They're also the two who wrote it. It stars Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook and Noah Taylor. It's basically Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook's film. And uh, it's based on a Philip K. Dick uh, story uh, entitled All You Zombies. Right. No, no, Robert Heinlein. Oh, sorry, Robert Heinlein. Yeah, Robert Heinlein story, All You Zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we both liked it. Yes. A mm-hmm. lot. So let's start, well, let's start with the ending. Kind of felt like a Philip K. Dick story, though. It did. <laughs> you so want this to I be really a Philip do. K. You know Dick story. Because it, I'm just, I'm thinking of always, uh, I'm thinking of like, because it had kind of like that Blade Runner mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, um, this this movie is really, really interesting in a lot of different ways. Now, one of the, the things that's great about it, too, is it's like we were talking about in the regular episode, is that um, it's one of those indie sci-fi movies with a lower budget but big ideas and really maximizes the resources that it has because you have all these weird trippy production design elements like you have like these briefcases that it's like this old case that moves them back and forth through time but you also had that one case at the beginning you're not even really sure what it did that one suitcase that was as he was trying to stop the first bomb from going off Mm -hmm. um but you have uh, Ethan Hawke as a temporal agent, and he is trying to um, solve a mystery that's eluded him and his bosses for a while as there's been bombs throughout a certain period of time, and they can never quite catch the bomber. Right. Um, so it pretty much unfolds from there. And then it gets it goes in these weird directions, like you have um, uh, these characters, he's going back, and then he... he it's set up like, okay, he kind of has a, sus- a suspicious, um, he, he has a suspicion of who the bomber is. Right. And it starts off as like in a weird bar conversation. And it's also set up, and this is, you know, great credit to the filmmakers. That's what they want you to believe, and that's what you do believe. Uh-huh. And the movie just starts twisting and turning, and to the point where you're like, wait, I, I thought I knew what was going on. Yeah. Now I'm not sure. And I want to say this too, the, the, the twists and turns weren't like, bullshit contrivances that can no, happen they you know what uh, i mean they were mm-hmm. very well thought out they were very interesting so so the ending though the ending is basically saying that he is 
every person everyone in that story. he was the bomber he was the girl he was the girl who then got the sex change into the man yes who then he's just the oldest and group. he was the baby and he was the baby yeah so which and then the noah taylor who basically is the boss the boss he's the head of this secret agency he's like you had to do this this is gonna happen every single time and uh, he's pretty much saying that this is necessary for the greater good you have to take that baby you have to Mm -hmm. you know do all these things and then his and and so what happens is god it's hard to it's, it's hard to sort of sort this out but they one of the things they they put in there and again this is this this is the thing about good science fiction that we love, they establish a, 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 a rule. Yes. And they fucking stick with this thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't bullshit around. So the rule that they state, they, and they, they kind of subtly plant these, these rules in there, but they stick with them, which is if you jump too much, it, you start to lose your, like your, your brain like it makes you more aggressive or remember remember that stuff oh yeah there was and it was real subtle too it was like um uh it was like basically like a physical report and it's like you're starting to see like uh, basically you'll become psychotic if you do it enough times because time travel it affects you mentally and physically Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm on board with that i can understand yeah it sounds great great. to throw in there of course so so uh, so as you're being presented with all these different ideas and facts, you realize in the back of your head that the older this character gets, no matter how many different variations of this, of this character it is, is going to be the most psychotic. Right. A- and, and the one that was set on fire is like the most dangerous. Then that one never, I guess that one... So in the very beginning, you see Ethan Hawke get set on fire and then he's coming out of these bandages and his his head is horribly disfigured. And that's where the doctor's reading the report saying, you've jumped far too many times. And you see the report saying, prone to anger, you know. And that sets up the plot device where um, this is why you wouldn't recognize someone who looks like you because basically he had a face graft, even though that's the same person right. who was a woman, then a man. And I think... I'm not sure. This is me guessing that um, that first bomb that was supposed to be uh, stopped, like that was um, when <laughs> he was not a woman but a man, and then he got burned, and then that's when he got the Ethan Hawke face after that. So, uh, but uh, again, I'm not sure. Uh, like, I have to see this movie again to actually grab everything that was. Well, so going you're on. saying, wow. <laughs> so you're saying. No, I, I don't see, here's, well, okay, so what you're saying, if I if I understand this correctly, is the guy, the Ethan Hawke that gets burned badly. Right, didn't have Ethan Hawke's face until he was burned. Right. No. Now, see, that's that's what I'm saying. Well, no, no, here, because, <laughs> Jesus, now I gotta go watch this movie again right now. <laughs> I don't know how spoiler this is, it's gonna be two guys confused. Yeah. Um, because, okay, so the beginning of the movie, we see Ethan Hawke, trying to stop someone and he gets set on fire by a guy with a ponytail basically. Right. Okay. And then while he's down there, a guy walks up to him whose face we don't see, gives him this violin case. Right. 
So he can escape, basically. So he can escape, so he yeah. can get out of there. Right there, though, that's establishing that there's three versions of Ethan Hawke out there. Yes. There's um, a ponytail Ethan Hawke, which is the guy that gradually went a little nuts and became the bomber. Okay. The fizzle bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's... Um, the guy who walked up is the Ethan Hawke. We basically are following the, the bulk of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the Ethan Hawke who's been horribly disfigured. Who might, this is the way I interpreted this. Right. So they show the horribly disfigured Ethan Hawke and they're going over his report that Japanese doctor is saying, you you know, and they, we see that he's nuts, he's, he's done. Right. My impression was, well, that Ethan Hawke is just, they're not letting him out of the... <laughs> the special hospital like he's 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 that's it he's he has to stay there um and then the the main ethan hawk that we are pursuing that we are following is the one who's sent back there because he's listened to these he records things and leaves them as instructions as instructions basically For his future or past self, right? <laughs> I, so here's how I took here's how I took it all is disfigured. Ethan Hawke is done. Mm-hmm. The opening scene, he's done. He's they're like, we're not letting this guy out anymore because he's fucking right. He's bananas. Mm-hmm. So, but they made it a point to say your face isn't going to look the same anymore, right? So I'm thinking that that that's the first time he actually looks like Ethan Hawke. Like this is no, 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 because 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 the beginning of the movie we see Ethan, we see him as Ethan Hawke before yeah, he gets set true. on fire. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like the first time we met that guy was Burnface. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so so when does um, girl with man face go to Ethan Hawke face? <sighs> she becomes yeah, Sarah Snook. See, there's going to be a lot of dead air in this episode Fuck, because as I we're trying know. to figure it out, I know, I know. It's and and honestly, these aren't critiques. This is what makes this movie fun. The fact because, that we're having this discussion yeah. is why this is a great movie. So this is why you have to see it. And you guys, when you watch it, you might get something completely different out of the first view. Now we are going to watch it again to see if we can catch. So now and I'm get pissed these... off that I didn't buy it. Well, you could, fif- st- you could still buy it for fifteen bucks. Oh, you mean you did the rental fee instead the, of the purchase? The rental fee, because once gotcha. you started watching it, now you have to. You don't get it. You don't get an upgrade price. I'm going to see if I do, if I get an <laughs> upgrade price. In fact, as soon as we get done recording this, I'm going to do the upgrade price. Yeah, and just keep it. Yeah, and watch it again because I need to watch this a bunch. Yeah, because I got to figure <laughs> this out. Because and again, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not as simple. Like, I remember uh, I was watching it last night, and I was watching it late, and uh, my wife was watching with me, and she fell asleep on the couch, and when she woke up, she's like, well, so what happened? Did, like, Ethan Hawke, like, find the bomber? And I said, I can't even begin to tell you <laughs> what happened with this film. I mean, you can't, I, you're going to just have to watch it again. It's not the kind of movie where you could just sum up in, like, a, a couple of lines. So, um, but she's going to watch it again tonight. So I'll probably watch it with her. But he does the end of the movie. He shoots ponytail bombing. Yes. Fizzle bomb. Ethan Hawke uh-huh. kills him. Yes. So to me, that was like, he finally, 
ended the cycle. Well, of- this is what's great too. It's uh, a little nebulous as whether he did or not because you know, crazy bomber Ethan Hawke said, you know, if you kill me, that won't end the cycle. You have to accept me to end the cycle, and he shoots him. Right. Because, right, because Bami Ethan Hawke was older. Yes, but also, as it showed, the most psychotic because of all the time travel jumps he made. Right, and there's that one scene where he meets with Noah Taylor, and Noah Taylor says, you did a, what was it called, an un, an unsupervised, not an unsupervised jump, but a... You know, and... Because uh, that's another rule they established was you can only jump to these specific things. Right. And then also the, the boss, Noah Taylor, then he also said, but, you know, it'd be nice to have an agent who's outside of the system too. And ultimately, is that what the bomber was? He was the one that was working outside of the system, bombing and killing specific threats, even though he was killing all these innocent people at the same time? Well, that was the interesting part is, is, is bomber Ethan Hawke says... He goes, no, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm saving lives. Because he goes, and this is where you're like, no way. Because he says, um, here's a, you know, whatever, like here's a train derailment that happens in 19, because the, the big bomb is 1975. Right. That's the one they got to get to. So he goes, there was a train derailment in 19, you know, whatever he says in 1983, where, you know, 600 people died that ended up not dying because I killed the 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 train conductor or whatever the, the 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 chemical truck driver yeah they kept yeah that's right there was a chemical truck accident in 1983 right, right. he goes but i killed him in 1970 so he was never driving that truck he was never driving that truck so it never happened so he's like yeah i killed a handful of people in the 60s and 70s but i've saved right so much more and you're like well that's crazy but that's the kind of thing where noah taylor's character would would go yep we need this. Right. We need this to happen because he was sort of the uh, the smoking man type right. guy behind the scenes who who wouldn't really reveal everything that this- The whole the, plan. The whole plan and what yeah. the shady organization- The secret society. Like, I like, too, how they, um, they always kind of avoided the question of, like, well, are you CIA? Are you a cop? I'm a temporal agent. Like, it was never really established that- are you law enforcement? What exactly are you? Right. Like, uh, like, well, I'm a temporal agent, but what is that? What does exactly. that mean? What, what are you doing <laughs> specifically? It was so shifty. Like it was, it was, yeah. And it was like, like, I don't know if, are they supposed to be cops? I don't know if they're supposed to be cops. I don't know if they're even supposed to be in that government system of like cops, CIA, mm-hmm. FBI, law enforcement. Like, let's, let's step back for a second since we can't, quite solve (laughs) let's just let's step back and like just talk about as a movie Mm -hmm. and get into the specifics of the movie which i loved the the scene design i love how space corp was like out of catch me if you can it was like uh early 60s -hmm. you know space they looked like they were you know interviewing to be flight attendants on pan am and the attitude towards women Right, too, which was really um, it was it was specific to the time. It was like a Mad Men kind of uh, kind of thing in the '60s, and also um, then it's revealed too, like, well, are they being trained for basically quote companions in space for the astronauts, or are they full fledged astronauts themselves, 
or and then you find out too well no it's also kind of a front to recruit for this shadowy organization well, so because it starts out like oh you had to be a virgin and you were going to go keep astronauts company company you yeah, know you're basically just like and eventually marry an astronaut you yes. know and so um and all of the testing they had to do and so sarah snook um is a young woman who is born with, uh, you know, she's, her tests are off the chart. She's very, right. she's very intelligent. And she has both male and female parts inside. So crazy. And then she has, she's specially, she's specially gifted. So Noah Taylor is basically like going, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She's the special gifted one. And the whole time Sarah Snook is telling this story in this bar in New York in the 70s, and clearly she's had a sex change. Yes. The minute you see her, you're like, oh, there's Sarah Snook trying to be look like a man. But the, the interesting thing, too, about the story was with these science fiction conventions, it wasn't a voluntary sex change. It was like she needed this to kind of save her life. Like with uh, after complications with the pregnancy, we had to take these parts out, and these are the parts that are working. Um, but don't worry, we'll finish it up and get you all the way there. <laughs> right. Like, but, and she's looking at like, well, did I don't have a say in this at all? It's, I can't stay. And, uh, um, it's, it was an interesting sci-fi convention because you always think of science fiction as advanced, especially in the medical field, mm-hmm. like this type of problem with a complicated pregnancy or even finding, you know, two sets of organs inside someone. Well, that could be easily fixed. Just pick what you want to be. But no, not in this story. The story was, this is what has to happen to save your life. You can't be a woman anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's another just interesting and, um, and, twist to the story. And used so effectively. Like when these things, as we talk about so often, when they're not used effectively, it's like, what the hell is this stupid rule? You're genius. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's forced. It, it, it was not forced at all. And the other thing too I like- these are based on classic science fiction stories oof. from classic science fiction writers yeah. who knew what they were doing. And so- the thing that was also was interesting is, so the set design, the 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 wardrobe was really cool. The period piece wardrobe, basically, the period, multiple period multiple, pieces. You had yeah. the '60s, you had the early '60s, mm-hmm. you had a little bit, a quick couple scene in the '40s, and some '70s, and mostly a lot of '70s, mm-hmm. and then you also had sort of. Some sci-fi uh, production 80, design. 80, yeah, future, whatever that was. And it was also uh, it's very, also very calculated. It was a very sterile science fiction design. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's still, it almost reminded me of Brazil a little bit, like the way the offices were set up um, for the, the science fiction um, offices. But also what I like, too, is even, like, when they're bringing out the equipment for, like, the, when they're in the sci-fi offices, clearly it's the future, Um Everything is dressed down. You know that these are these are highly advanced pieces of science fiction, yeah. you know, technology. But it's you know it's an old case or it's uh, it's I a briefcase. The, the recorder, yeah. the violin yeah. case, the guns uh-huh. were older. The guns were older, yeah, to match the times that they were going in. Mm-hmm. And I thought too, it, it goes back to that episode a couple a uh, couple episodes we did with Jim Bruce, where he said, you know, constraints are good. Yeah. And I feel like this movie, which... Well, I want to read the story now. Well, you got to read the story. Yeah. Uh, and then the... I want to go back to... Where is it? Where's the budget? I can't find the budget on this. 
Yeah, there's no budget on IMDb. Details, company credits, specs. Anyway. Um, well, it's probably, yeah. I wonder if it's yeah, Australian knows? budget, too. Yeah, who knows what the budget is? But, but, but my point and is... And you know who funded it? It was, the again, Australian government. Yeah. The Australian... Uh, Screen Australia. Yeah, they, they funded it, which is great. I, I think... Uh, you know, and, and this is the type of film you wonder, like, would some kind of studio or would an investor have invested in this? Uh, would we have this movie if it wasn't for countries investing in their own um, filmmakers? It's great. And what the thing, the point I want to make, though, about what Jim Bruce said is is constraints, you know, breed creativity because they didn't have big sci-fi budget. Yeah. They had to do these really... Uh, creative things and they had to like just the way they depicted um the actual act of time travel things yes. things would kind of right. vibrate and the wind right. would blow and a light would blow it's like when the flash runs by yeah on tv and it was <laughs> yeah. like and they did yeah. it really quickly and it, it was it was believable it was mm-hmm. effective um even when they showed the devastation of uh new york and that big bombing what did they show a photo. A photo. Stills. Still. So, I mean, in the hands of, like, you know, a big Hollywood production, you would actually see yeah. the entire people screaming and running, and it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. You don't need to see that. That's not what the story about. They just had a wall of news clippings of all of the things the Fizzle Bomber had been doing. Right. And um, so that was really cool. And then the one-on-one dialogue scenes between Sarah Snook and Ethan Hawke that take place in the bar which is a big chunk of the movie where she's yeah, sort of recounting great. her, her mm-hmm. history and how she got to that place. Really, the way they lit it, the way they shot it. Right. They made each time period, I felt like I'm in a bar in Manhattan in the right. 70s. You know, I felt like mm-hmm. I was in the bright, the bright 60s and, and all that other stuff. And I just yep. liked the way it looked. Well, I think we're going to take a break right now, and we have a sponsor for this Ooh. episode. Yes, a new sponsor. And we're really excited because this is a uh, an across-the-board, all-things-comedy sponsor. And uh, they're supporting all the podcasts right now as they are at South by Southwest. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sattva Mattresses. And here's the thing about this company is they're an online-only mattress seller. And they do um, luxury mattresses and they design, manufacture, and install all across America. They have really great ratings on Google. They're like a Forbes top 100 company to watch. Now, they have no physical retail stores, so they can offer these premium quality mattresses at a fraction of the cost. Now, they're doing a new company right now called Lumen Leaf. And they're premiering it right now at South by Southwest. So if you're actually at South by Southwest, go down there. They're teaming up with A&E and Bates Motel. And you can stop by and enter your name for a chance to uh, stay the night at the Bates Motel. (laughs) I don't know if that's for everyone uh, (laughs) during South by Southwest. And a chance to win a Lumen Leaf uh, mattress, which is is really cool. They do memory foam, right? Yeah. Lumen Leaf is their memory foam brand. Um, it's actually loomandleaf.com, L-O-O-M-A-N-D-L-E-A-F.com. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention is, and because I went to the website to check it out, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to buy a mattress online. Right. I'm not able to lay on it and mm-hmm. feel it. And I mean, this is kind of like a big deal. You know, I'm going to be laying on this for a long time. I need to be able to see what it's like. So what they do to take that fear away is they, it, everything comes with a guarantee, you can try the mattress, um, Lumen Leaf, for 75 days. That's a... 
Yeah, that's more than two months. Yeah, You'll know if you like a mattress or not. If you can't figure then. out your mattress in 75 yeah. days, that's a pretty... You should sleep on the floor. <laughs> really. <I'd laughs> like, <say. laughs> like Tom Hanks in Castaway, right? when he comes back and he can't sleep on the bed. <laughs> yeah, so perfect. So sleep under the bed. That's, that's what you could do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Buy a bed and sleep under it. <laughs> now, these are $4,000 mattresses that yes. you're getting. This is a for like 4, a fraction of the price. For half the price. Mm-hmm. They're Tempur-Pedic, and they're also made for the, 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 it's a plant-based foam that's sourced in the U.S., and there's a, uh, it has a proprietary cooling gel that is designed to expel the heat and, uh. And organic cotton. Organic cotton. And, and along with the plant-based foam, uh, it's, it's, which is a healthier memory foam that keeps you cool all night. Now yeah. I've, I, which is great because we both get night sweats because we're so anxious about everything all the time. <laughs> we're, so the, a, <laughs> we're both temporal agents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it's great to have a mattress that's a little cooler. And the other thing I, I'm telling you this right now, I'm due for a new mattress. And when I get, I've never had memory foam, but on, mm. on occasion I stay in hotels that have memory foam. Right. I love it. I'm, Gonna get almost positive my new mattress is gonna be a memory foam mattress. Uh-huh. So I think this is a good deal. And I have it been is. pricing them out and this is way cheaper. This is a this is a better deal. So check them out. They're also on Twitter at Lumen Leaf. Uh, and also, but like this is the important thing. Just check them out. If if you're like wanna actually try them, they're premiering um, this entirely new brand, Lumen Leaf, at South by Southwest, like literally right now. Like Vanessa, you go over there. we know you live there. Yes, go, go check, check this out. out. Uh, and try to win a night at the Bates Motel. <laughs> <laughs> so Lumen Leaf, that's uh, L-O-O-M-A-N-D-L-E-A-F dot com. Boom, guys. Glad to have you guys on board. Thank you, memory phone. So let's go back in time <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sleep it's on good. a comfortable mattress. I needed a break. From, yeah, the my, brain bending. My brain needed a break <laughs> to think about this. Well, I'm, the other thing, too, um, the way, as I was saying, the way it's shot, the, the lighting. The cinematography up, is great, too. I, I, and I said this in the regular episode. I got it in, in, in HD and turned the lights off in my place mm-hmm. and really watched it in the most cinematic way I could at home. Right. Because I, I wish I could have seen this on the big screen. But, man, if you got a nice flat screen... This is the kind of film where, like, I don't know if anyone in this country was able to see it on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Um, but watch it. Turn the lights off. Turn the phone off. Like, this isn't like a thing you kind of, you know, you can't zone in and out of this. No film. way. You have to pay full attention every scene. I mean, and that's the other uh, mark of a truly great and uh, tightly uh, put together film. Um, one of the rules in screenwriting and also in editing too is make your movie so you can't take one scene out without the audience getting lost Mm -hmm. so if you have scenes where you could take out of your script or of your film and it makes no difference on the film those scenes don't belong in the film right now this is a great example of this film needed every single scene you know there's no extraneous scenes everything moves the story or the plot along now granted some of it moved a little slowly but you don't care you don't care because the um, so intriguing the the story unfolds properly and every time something is answered another mystery unfolds and it just keeps going and going until the end when you're just like oh my god is that what's going on and the thing is like uh, the other thing too um watch this for for sarah snook because she's really has been kind of you know done tv and uh, you know she was in sleeping beauty which is nice but this 
Ethan Hawke is great, but this man, she does. Yeah, I got a lot of Sarah Snook the last couple days. She does a lot <laughs> of movie, man. She she does. I mean, she does a lot of of solid acting in this film. Yes. She's really a solid actress, and uh, you know, she's from Adelaide, South Australia, where I've performed at the Rhino Room. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, this. So film, she was a local hire. She <laughs> <laughs> got her at a day rate. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And honestly, guys, really want to know what your interpretation of this yes. film is. Let's light up the message boards on CFN because we really want to see uh, what your guys' theories are, what you think um, may or may not have been happening, and extrapolate a little bit. Do you think him shooting old Ethan Hawke, did that break the cycle or didn't it? Or did it make this cycle continue? I think he broke the cycle. So you think old Ethan Hawke was lying? Oh, Yeah. Because yeah. he was a psycho. Okay. Because they established he was nuts. Right, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think he broke the cycle. I think uh, Noah Taylor's character knew this was going to happen and needed needed old crazy uh, bomby Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. to do just enough damage, and then it was time for him to get taken out. Like, that was my guess. Interesting. Okay. That's why he was finally, that, that scene where he's like, oh, you did a, a, an illegal jump, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're not all bad. Like, I think uh, Crazy Ethan Hawke was the, the agent outside of the temporal agency, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he went nuts. And also, I think um, younger Ethan Hawke, possibly after being burned... <laughs> Depending on our they're theories, different guys though, yeah. <laughs> because in the uh, opening scene there are three different Ethan Hawks. Right? I know, there. I know. Okay, I'm right. still. It's. Okay. I got to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> but I think I don't think he did. I think he fed right into the cycle. I think the cycle continued, and I also think that there was no way to break the cycle. That's my theory, as because uh, they they make hints of like. And the some title things. of the movie? Yeah, predestination <laughs> and the title of the movie. Like, you know, you're right. There's some things are predestined. Like, I think he was incapable of breaking the cycle. So that, what do you guys think? God, we want to know. know. <laughs> and this is something that, yeah. And if any of you guys come to any live shows and want to have this discussion. We'd after. love to, I'd, yeah. I we'd want love to, to talk know to you what you guys think. Yeah, we'll, we'll find an all-night diner or a bar or whatever. <laughs> we'll hash it out because yeah. we, we want to hear what you think. And I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hopefully we'll have seen it several more times. I have to watch this movie no, numerous times now. Yes, because at just, least once more. At least once more. But so great. Um, and, uh, you know, the, these movies deserve your attention. These smaller, especially really interesting films. Like, you know, this reminded me of too like a lower budget inception kind of movie where you have like christopher nolan gets to make the movie he wants but he's got a giant budget um that he can work with where these guys don't have a giant budget to work with but they still got to do what they wanted they made the movie they wanted to make they put it together the way they wanted to make it they just had the budget constraints that christopher nolan doesn't have Mm -hmm. um so it was really really a, a a great movie. I'm glad it exists. This is the kind of um, oh, discoveries that we make watching films that, you know, I wish there were more of. This these. is one of the things I love about this podcast is that a 17-year-old fan, Sean, Sean Coates in mm-hmm. Australia, found this movie, emailed it to us, mm-hmm. and we both watched it and are now talking about it. Yes. Like, literally, this is the global reach of the Kitten mm-hmm. Hand Army that you guys yes. do this stuff for us. <laughs> it, it's so awesome. Sean, thank you again, man. Uh, 
we will be coming to Australia um, uh, with earbuds, um, and hopefully we'll meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing some screenings out there. Unless maybe he's a temporal agent. Maybe he's maybe one, we've already met him. Maybe he's one of us. Yeah, <laughs> at seventeen, that is now Australian. Um, so this was so cool, and uh, I don't, I, I'm here to, yeah. This is not the last time we're going to talk about this movie. No, no, we'll be talking about it again because I know after you guys start posting stuff on the message boards, we'll read some of it uh, on the next episode because we want we want to basically keep this discussion going. We want to we want to keep going with this film. Yeah, and um, love to get either of these guy these directors uh, these brothers on the show. Oh, that'd be great. If we yeah. could get any of the people involved. Just in one of them, though. I don't want both. I don't want both. They're both a little yappy. Um, uh, yeah. And yeah, I can't say enough. This is like everything that's great about filmmaking and yes. this podcast is yeah. great. So thank you guys so much. Uh, and of course, Lumen Leaf. Yes. Lumenleaf.com. Get your plant-based memory foam. And go see them at South by Southwest. We know some of you were there. We know it. We know you're there. And go say hi to Tom Merritt. He's there, too. Hey, Tommy Merritt. Um, so thanks again, everybody, for for making cool shows like this happen. Any ideas about any new movies and stuff like that? Let us know. Let us know. Info okay. at comedyfilmnerds.com. Thank you so much. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember... Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Or did he? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>